Welcome to Puro Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by Kerry Clack, columnist, editorial board. Nancy Pryor Johnson, deputy editorial board editor. Uh, Metro editor, Greg Jefferson. Today, we're going to talk about uh, funding for SA 2020. We're going to talk about the poet Neftali Delion. We're going to talk about libraries and librarians in public schools. Uh, before we do that, I wanted to, to mention quickly that there was a Republican presidential debate um, last Wednesday. Uh, the eight, uh, there were eight candidates on stage. They did not include the obvious frontrunner, uh, former President Donald Trump, who just chose not to be there. Uh, the group also did not include Holotus-based uh, former Congressman Will Hurd, who very much wanted to be there. Um, and he met the qualification uh, for the number of donors needed. He had yet to have 40,000 individual donors. He got that. He did not uh, reach the threshold for uh, as far as poll numbers in the polls that were uh, approved by the Republican National Committee. So he didn't make it. He was very unhappy about that. The person who ended up getting the most attention um, was um, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, Tommy Tuberville had a lot of trouble with his first name. The other day I was noticing, but um, Tommy Tuberville had a lot of problems with it. A lot of problems in general. Period. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Ramaswamy is it was interesting. He's very. I think he's a little, little, little smug. Maybe a little, little likes himself a little, a little kind of glue yeah. glib. Maybe is that fair? Um, but he uh, he had a lot of like one liners and kind of zingers that he was throwing at the other the candidates. But he, he praised Trump so much, I find myself kind of wondering, well, what was the, the, real, the real point in being in the race if you're saying this is the greatest president of the, of the 21st century and he's running, mm. but yet I'm running against him. I, I, I'm not sure. But uh, uh, Will Hurd did have a statement about that where he said that he he described Ramaswamy as uh, a pretty bad lounge act, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, so we had that. Also want to mention before we get into our main topics that last Thursday, there were uh, serious threats of rolling blackouts in San Antonio because we've had this extreme heat and uh, uh, energy usage was on the verge of exceeding capacity. Quick question for, for the group. I mean, the fact that we didn't have rolling blackouts is do we look at that and think, well, this is a positive sign that uh, that our, our our grid is functioning as it's supposed to? Or do we no. look at it or do we no. look at it and say, OK, I, you know, I, I, I'm the master of the obvious no, question. No, no. Or do we or do we say it was no. an act of God because uh, there was a big storm in the Houston area that knocked out. I mean, it, it, it uh, cooled off the Houston area. Yeah. So less demand coming out of East Texas and it knocked what 60,000 uh, electricity com customers offline for the first that helped. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that was, that was it. So although actually, that's a form of conservation, oh, actually, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, if you look, cause I was following the, uh, the supply demand curve pretty closely that afternoon and you could, you know, beginning at, uh, yeah, mid afternoon, they put out calls for conservation. They, you know, with, uh, they mandated for city governments, you know, start, phasing out uh, power usage in your build buildings. And you could actually see that working a little bit. I mean, yeah. it got it got a teensy bit, uh, there was just a little bit more margin uh, as you approach 650, which was really kind of the, yeah. the witching hour. I think people were kind of scared yeah. and were trying to yeah. get back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, really, Actually, it probably I saw came a meme that said, um, you know, cut back. And then they said, okay, everybody went down like 50 on their <laughs> thermostat <laughs> to try to make it colder to 
trap the air in their house. Oh my house. God. Like, I really yeah. hope not, y'all. Like, turn it up. I was super nervous. My husband actually texted. I said, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what we need to do, but charge everything and charge whatever. Everything. I was nervous. Like, just, yeah, yeah. I don't like the heat. And, you know, that would have been a really uh, Yeah. The only and, point, the only reason I asked the question is because in, in you know, in fairness to ERCOT, and we know the problems they've had in the past. I mean, uh, yeah. the, the temperatures have been insane this yep. summer yeah. and okay. and the energy usage has been <laughs> unbelievable so okay. I, yeah. totally and i mean it, the only thing surprising is that this didn't come sooner in the season mm. yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's true because yeah, I mean, it was know. like the 60th is it the 60th day over 100 that's right days. that was on thursday right a lot of them over 105 and i mean we're, yeah. we're still dealing with i mean we, we these what we're talking about the, th the those threats mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that were there we could be dealing with that this there's week. um wind turbines right when you get to mathis which is my hometown so you're going south on um 281 37 and there's wind turbines as soon as you get there mm -hmm. my husband said we need to make a drive to Mathis and try to move those wind turbines ourselves. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling Blackout sounds like an RB punk band that you may have played lead for. Yeah, I did. There I you did go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, when I was in my younger Back wild in days. Yeah, that's right. Um, and thanks for the plug, by the way. There you <laughs> go. Right. Um, we, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the proposed city budget for this upcoming year. Uh, it's $3.7 billion budget, $1.6 billion um, general fund budget. And um, that budget does not include uh, funding for SA 2020 after I think nine years of, of the, the nonprofit receiving $150,000 a year. Um, $150,000 uh, is, I think it's one one hundredth of 1% of the city general fund budget, but it's close to 30% of um, the SA 2020 budget and SA 2020 for for those who are not too uh, who don't know too much about it or haven't lived in San Antonio for a long time. This is really the byproduct of a process that that Julian Castro started when he became mayor. He became mayor at, at basically at the the cusp of a new decade, and he decided in 2010, let's get. A bunch of people from the community together will have a, a, a series of forums and people will break into groups and they'll talk about what are the big goals that we have for the next. What do we want SA to look like in 2020? And and we're going to where do we stand now and how do we get there? And this nonprofit was really the final step in that process was, OK, now that we've decided what we want to do. How are we going to get there and who's going to hold us accountable? And SA 2020 as, as an organization has been really good at sort of gathering data, breaking it down, you know, analyzing it, mm -hmm. uh, kind of engaging with organizations in the community, kind of holding their feet to the fire, including the city of San Antonio and saying, well, this is where we're falling short. One of the things that they've been very involved in recently, and this is where this is really kind of one of the big in interesting issues in this is that they've gotten very uh, outspoken on the, the uh, issue of equity. And uh, this year they supported uh, Proposition A, uh, which was very controversial. A lot of people in the business community were against it. Mayor Ron Nuremberg was against it. And this was the, the, the proposition that would have uh, expanded the city's site and release program. It uh, also would have uh, decriminalized abortion and small uh, level marijuana possession. So, um, there are there are thoughts within SA twenty twenty and Kieran Corbain's the executive director uh, has I think has suggested that this is a political move by the city because SA twenty twenty has been so outspoken on some of these issues, um, and I, obviously the city is saying I think the city has now they've got someone in house that they want to handle data for them and they're right saying, they this do, is what yeah. they're, and so, it's kind of a work in progress they yeah. don't actually even know which uh, you know 
what the metrics are that they're going to be following. But yeah, yeah it's they, they're saying it's in transition. It's, they're working it out. Obviously, we don't we don't know what kind of conversations were happening behind the scenes. I mean, it, do you do you see this as as Possibly political. Yeah. You can't rule it out. Yeah. Particularly given that uh, two years ago after SA, you know, SA 2020 also endorsed Prop B, which would have basically done away with collective bargaining rights for the police union. Uh, They they came out in support of it. And then that year, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, just just within weeks, learned that yeah, they there there was no funding in uh, you know in the proposed budget for the following fiscal year. It got worked out. Um, they come out in support of Prop A, which is you know a lot of a lot of uh, changes p- proposed changes to policing policy. Uh, and as you say, like it had like solid majority of city council was against it. Mayor Nuremberg was against it. Uh, the city attorney said this was unenforceable. I mean, if this was That's adopted, right. there was very little the city could do to actually enact it. And in addition to that, you had the police union and the business. So everybody was against this, but this kind of small mm-hmm. core group. SA 2020 was part of that. And I just don't think you can realistically look at what happened with their funding and say that there wasn't, you know, there there are at minimum questions. I, I think it probably influenced the city's decision not to give them funding. I want to mention um, uh, when we're talking about Prop A, uh, Kieran Corbain's of, of uh, SA 2020, she wrote an op-ed for the Express News in April before the election. And in response to... Uh, uh, suggestions by people in the business community that um, this would see uh, proposition A would create a spike in crime. Uh, she said, "Quote: The truth is, the root causes of crime are the inequities already here." And she cited uh, lack of health care, low wages. So, um, Carrie, what, you know, we're and we're still you know, learning uh, about what went on, and there's still the possibility that city council will uh, say, you know, we we want to reinstate that funding. What are your thoughts about this? And and we're going to uh, Nancy and I editorial board. The editorial board are going to meet with uh, with SA twenty twenty and and the city this week in mm-hmm. meeting. So want to listen to both. But um, I think they've served a valuable service to the community in the ability to aggregate uh, different city department reports and statistics, mm-hmm. and and also hold different departments in the city accountable for for things like being inclusive and for being equitable. One of the things they do, they have this excellent um, workshop called the board game for nonprofits mm-hmm. and where they stress, they stress the importance of nonprofits being more inclusive in their board membership. And then they take in applications from people within the outside, the, in, within the community who want to be on boards and they try to match the, they try to match the those people who want to be on serve on boards with the correct boards, all with the objective of making it, uh, making these boards more ex- inclusive and looking more like San Antonio, which a lot of boards, I'm on a couple of boards, and a lot of boards don't look like San Antonio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to look at the optics of this yeah. after their positions on Proposition B and especially Proposition A, mm-hmm. and not question if it's not a little bit of, not a little bit, but uh, of payback. I guess that's the wrong words. No payback. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's hard not to, uh, and again, we'll, we'll listen to both sides this week, but it's sure. hard not to be, to not think that uh, 
there was a little bit of pettiness involved. Yeah, we have a lot to to learn about it. But I mean, the city has been about equity on their funding. And I mean, they, you know, they they have that big plan and then they're trying to keep that in mind. So to me, this doesn't kind of match up. It doesn't it seems like not to align as well. Um, something seems amiss here. So yeah. we are we do want to find out more. I know that these numbers and these statistics, their website is um, used. I use it personally yeah. as a journalist, really, to be really honest. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm, pull it up. I look at it, the profiles for every district. I mean, it's, and they analyze things. They're yeah, really, it's really yeah, it's, it's easy to understand. It saves me so much time, and I know that we can rely on it. I know that it's correct. It's accurate. Mm. Um, and now we can go and, and pull the numbers from it, and we do, and we check the numbers and do things. But um, you know, I've sat in editorial board meetings with candidates, and I've pulled up the profiles yeah. of each district and seen how many people are voting and not yeah. voting, and what are the issues, and what is the poverty rate, and it just is very easy to understand. The city does have their statistics, you know, they have dashboards and they have um, all these things, but you have to go digging for them yeah. and they're not, um, they're just not displayed the same way that SA 2020 displays them. Yeah, they do uh, data visualization really, really yeah. well. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very clear, you know, you get a very uh, strong sense of kind of where you're at in, in meeting, mm -hmm. meeting, meeting the goals kind of laid out yeah. in SA 2020. I would question though, I, I just don't think uh, this is not a big deal to most San Antonians, they've never heard of SA 2020. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like this organization, uh, in, in a sense, it's kind of a bubble thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it means a lot to the people it means a lot to, but I don't know that it's yeah. extended its reach into the broader community. Yeah, And, you know, it's like, I, I, this is a complicated situation, I think, because, I mean, it does appear that, you know, there's some political payback mm -hmm. going on. That's... You know, that's an easy, you know, easy conclusion to reach. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's also a good argument, I think, that, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world for this organization, this nonprofit, that is about transparency and mm -hmm. accountability to not receive city funding, mm -hmm. to have an independent source. Completely independent, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if they're going to hold the city to account, maybe it's best not to take funding from the city. Yeah. And it's and I think it's it's always been in an interesting position because it like I said it was the byproduct of something that a, a San Antonio mayor created and so and it always had this sort of partnership with the city but uh, it has also been independent and mm -hmm. and spoken out maybe in ways that that you know city leadership wasn't always comfortable with but at least do it like in steps you know yeah, not yeah. just completely pull the rug out and, yeah you know it, the the organization I, mean, I think they have three full time staff members it's yeah. very small they 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 get a lot of work done with a very small staff mm -hmm. they um and they have started to get uh, additional sources of revenue. They've done, I, I think, work for like groups like Every Texan and some other organizations to, you know, providing data and some, some resources for them. So they have been, you know, seeking and, 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 and receiving some, some additional funding from elsewhere. But it, it's in the short term, it's, it's going to be tough for them. Right, right. But I think, I think, you're, you know, the points you're making are good ones. Um, I mean, I guess the final thing I would say about it is that if you think about what Julian Castro had in mind, you can sort of project a future and say, this is what we want our city to look like in 10 years and, uh, and so on. But if you don't, if you just kind of leave it at that and then, okay, now we're done. I think there's, there's a piece that's missing. And I think that this, I think SE 2020 has sort of taken on the role of we're going to be the group that's, we're going to provide the hard truths and see, well, how are we actually doing? It's one, it's very easy to say that we want to do this. We want to improve in this area. We want to become better mm -hmm. as a city. But if, if no one's really kind of 
looking at how, how we're doing and why we're not getting where we yeah. need to get. I think your column That's was fun. excellent on Thank it. You. And um, your, especially the point about the amount of, when you look at how much they pay SA 2020, which, what was the amount? It was very- 150,000 a year is 150. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 150,000 a year is nothing to the city. Yeah. Um, so if you look at it like that and really keep things in perspective, I thought that point was excellent. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, we're gonna see what happens with that. Like I said, the, the, obviously we're still a couple of weeks away from city council voting on that. Um, there's a, the, an issue that's gotten a lot of attention in San Antonio and, and Nancy, you and Carrie have, have written really well about this. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because we had Colin Allred on, on our, our last podcast. Um, so it's been, it, it, this happened a week before last, but I, I wanted to get a chance to talk about it. Um, Neftali de Leon, who is, uh, was named the poet laureate of, of San Antonio about uh, four months ago. And this is a, a three year when you're, a deal when you're named uh, poet laureate of the city <laughs> and only four months into his stint, um, he, uh, it was terminated because of a poem that he posted on Facebook on August 1st which uh, got a lot of uh, criticism and uh, he used a Spanish word that uh, is, I think, widely seen as like a, a, a racial slur when I'm not going to repeat it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, you know, I, I guess, Nancy, I'll start, I'll start with you. You know, when you look at, at this situation, I mean, he's somebody who's, I mean, he's been a part of the community for a long time. I mean, he has, uh, you know, I, I think he has a lot of, a lot of, uh, friends and fans, in, you know, in the in the local community, but there was a, clearly a, a, among his peers, you felt like there were a lot of people who were very upset about what he what yeah. he wrote. What, what were your thoughts about this? You know, when I first when I saw that he was um, our new poet laureate, I was excited about it. I watched it. I didn't go in person, but I watched it, and yeah. I remember it. And that's in my column when I used you know what Mayor Nuremberg yeah. said about him, and it was just such a beautiful ceremony. I remember thinking like. I did not know what a Chicano, like I grew up in South Texas, but I did not know what a Chicano was until I took a, um, a class in college at Texas A&M Kingsville. Then I took this Chicano lit class and learned all about it, but we didn't learn it um, before that. And I was just proud, like, hey, we have this Hispanic man, he's Chicano. I mean, it was just a really bright time um, and, you know, something to be proud of. But when I read that poem mm -hmm. and then saw that he didn't apologize I think that was that was the crux of what happened here. Like he did not apologize and he didn't see anything wrong about it. And he really tried to someone called him out um, on Facebook and um, it was a fellow, um, you know, professor. He's a former professor and writer, author and someone who is very um, like he did not want him to lose his job, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, but he just questioned him, like, why would you use that word? Mm -hmm. Right. There are other words you can use in using your words your poetry to get your point across and um and then instead of apologizing or, or learning from the moment um he just tried to justify didn't it didn't he call it a term of endearment or something which yes. i which i don't think anybody there really are other words that, yeah. that would work yes yeah. and it's just and i i'd heard heard the word you know um growing up in south texas i had heard it um and he, i knew it was a terrible you, word you wrote and, and I, I if you don't mind talking about it it was really interesting in your in your column when you talked about what your husband as as a police officer his yeah. experience hearing that word would you mind sharing i had never discussed the word with my husband it just never came up because the last time i heard it was growing up in south texas you know yeah. near corpus christi 
Christy and Mathis. Um, and that's where I would hear it. it was very negative. Basically, it was they would use the word and they would say and they would use it to describe black people. And mm. they would say they were lazy mm. and worthless, basically, as employees. Mm. And that's how it was used. Mm. And they were just lazy. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, terrible racial slur and totally incorrect. Yeah. So I asked my husband because I we, it never come up. And I said, have you ever heard this word? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he said, you know, I was arresting. So, and he's, he grew up in Brooklyn. So I thought it's very diverse in Brooklyn. And he's told me all kinds of stories from growing up there mm. and being a police officer there as well. And I thought he was going to stay there. But he said, no, the first time I heard it was in San Antonio. He was a bike officer. He was working downtown. He was arresting someone. And he and that person he was arresting said it. And he's like, and I said, well, did you know what it was? And he said, oh, I figured it out. You know, he said it was it wasn't said with love. It was anger. It was hate. He was obviously upset about it. But he knew right away it was a racial slur. And um, and he heard it after that, you know, working in San Antonio for a lot of years as an officer. And he just knew what it meant, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and he said, you know, that's a terrible word. Nobody should use it in, in yeah. poetry at all. And you saw that. I thought what was really impressive. I mean, I was really impressed that people who support our poet laureate and love him and respect him and, and art and the, and the work actually had the courage to stand up and say, yeah. this isn't right. Yeah. And they didn't attack him personally, but they attacked his actions and mm -hmm. they just want him to apologize. But he didn't. Carrie, do you think that the, the city did the right thing by I mean, they moved pretty quickly in, in saying we're going to mm -hmm. we're going to take this honor away from him. And do um, you think they handled it the right way? At, at first, I thought they may have acted too quickly. But then I realized this. Um, first of all, he's in, you know, as as of August 28th, I don't I don't think he's said anything yet. When it comes to an apology, yeah. but he represents the city, and that's the point. As the poet laureate, he represents the city, and one of the responsibilities of the poet laureate is to speak out against racism, racism, bigotry, any kind, any form uh, where they see it. Which isn't to say, and no one has said mm -hmm. that Delian is a racist, is yeah. a bigot. You know, when I first found out about the controversy, and I went looking to see how this all started. I think that told, told this to Nancy that, you know, my first thought was, I hope it's not the word I'm thinking of. Damn, it's the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. It's always the word. It's always, it's always, always yeah. the word. Oh, and and the it's one. not, and you, and you, yeah. you see in the context that he uses in the poem, it's, it's not malicious, right? but it is the Spanish version of the N-word, which there are some quite a few, few people in the black community who who will use it as a term of endearment. Hmm. But, you know, there are terms of endearment which can only be used by a specific group. You know, if I I can call my girlfriend baby cakes. Yeah. You can't. Context, the, the context, context makes sense so the much. The N-word, though. The N-word, not the M-word. Because I've never heard the M-word with endearment at all. Like, yeah. But yeah. only with the, yeah. It's only within a group. But yeah. it's this, but it's, and part of the problem was he gave this long explanation of the etymology of the word, which was fascinating, yeah. but didn't speak to the specific meaning and hurt that that word causes now. And I do think, like Nancy said, the, the one of the most admirable things about this was it was his colleagues. Mm -hmm. It was his friends. It was Mexican-American writers and scholars like Ron Tejeda, Barbara Bernard Gonzalez, Eddie Vega, who were calling him out on it and never once calling him a racist, mm -mm. never once uh, attacking him personally, and never once 
asking that he be fired from his job. That was no one's. Intent. It seemed like they went to communicate with him they, why they were upset. Yeah. And he just he and he didn't. It, it's like he just remained. I don't know if it was being stubborn or whatever, but he just remained I mean, silent. I mean, you're when he accepted this this position. I mean, you're basically an ambassador for the city at that right, point. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I think the city did the right thing uh, in ending the contract and firing and and effectively firing the yeah. Bolivarian. Yeah. I mean, I I'm kind of a I'm an absolutist on in on kind of questions of art. And I know like my yeah. positions are probably not mainstream. I just I think the idea of a poet laureate is I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like it's state it, to me. It's like it's government sanctioned art. That doesn't make sense. I, to yeah, me. I get you. Well, so I like but if you're going to have it. Right. And and they are representing the city. Yeah. Then, yes. And th- th- this gets to something because I'm 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 kind of cynical at heart too. Um, so I often wonder, no. I have a wonder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, I thought, they, I thought like, it was just me. I, did, I didn't know it was that. Maybe I was unfair grouping you in there with me and you know, dragging you down into the mud with me. But, um, but I, and, I, and I'm not even talking about so much uh, Neftali's, uh, you know, his specific example, but with city and state mm-hmm. poet laureate, sometimes, you know, you hear politicians go and their poetry is blah, blah, blah. And I, and I sometimes wonder like, have you actually read? Have you actually the, read, the read the book? I mean, maybe you have, <laughs> right? But I'm cynical about these. That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's there's so much. You know, the, the life of a poet is is varied and rich, and uh, inevitably there's going to be something objectionable. If you go through any any poet's body of work, there's going to be something you object to. And, and he's always been provocative. I mean, that's kind right. of what he's. Oh been yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, mm-hmm. yeah. In a way, it's like he he was he's an activist as much as yeah. he is a poet. Yeah. I mean, it is mm-hmm. they, yeah. they're really the same thing with him Mm. so i mean it's in a sense like his use of the word is shocking um the fact that there was this kind of confrontation with the city is not shocking i don't think it seems you know in retrospect it was probably pretty predictable that something like this could happen and it's not again that he used the word in a a previous poem i mean you can you can go through the poetry of of any of the previous uh poor laureates you know Calm and Jenny vocab Octavio, mm-hmm, and you can mm-hmm. find something as vocab with him now. Yeah. You can find you can find a poem, a line that's going to offend someone if you go looking for it, right? <laughs> if, you're looking for it, if you understand it, yeah. his, his his thing was he did it, you know, on Facebook. On, you know, I mean, there was a, the port there was that's another true. poem you, to that point. There was another poem he had put on his Facebook just right before that, you know, and he could go to his Facebook page and see it, but Facebook actually um, translated it automatically, which Facebook will do now without you even clicking to ask, you know, the algorithms Mm -hmm. and stuff. So it'll translate it. And it did translate that. In the worst way. Oh my God. I didn't know that. In the worst way. And so it looks like he wrote that and it's quite shocking. And it's just right there for everybody to see even right after this concert, you can see it. It's still there. Yeah. And it's just like, come on. (laughs) Like This um, one you can't put on here. I mean, you could go take it out, but it wasn't the word that he wrote, but Facebook. Yes. In the yes. world. Yeah. It was the M word and yeah. Facebook changed it to the N word. Which tells you a lot um, about Facebook's uh, measures of standards. Yeah. And yeah. Checking things. I mean, it doesn't censor, you yeah. know, but I thought that was, I mean, it's, and people were definitely talking about that even after the controversy. Oh, um, before we wrap things up, I wanted to talk about uh, something the editorial board uh, wrote about, which was that SAD, SISD schools are uh, cutting 27 librarian and 28 family and community engagement specialist positions. Mm-hmm. And this is happening at a time we're also seeing in Houston, um, 
the uh, HISD has uh, eliminated uh, library positions at 28 schools, and they're turning some of those libraries into team centers where you have kids with you know behavioral issues are being sent there. So it's almost like a detention center or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, uh, you know, just as someone, I think we're, we're probably all, I think we all share this, that, that we love libraries and love libraries, you know, at, when we were in school. Uh, I mean, the highlight for me in elementary school was the, you know, the, the one day a week when we mm-hmm. would get to go to the library. Um, <laughs> this is just, uh, and I understand the funding issues, particularly when we're talking about ISD. Um, but there's there's something really sad about this and, and it feels like wrongheaded. I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so an important point, um, that hi, Mick, you know, the, um, San Antonio ISD superintendent made right away. So it's interesting that you say the Houston ISD, um, the library, which is terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no, it's untenable. There's no way you can justify that. Um, is that this is very different than what's happening in Houston. And so he says, you know, libraries are still open at San Antonio ISD. And so it's not that any school doesn't have a library where students can go and check out a book. Um, but when they get to that library, some of the schools do not have an actual librarian. So they will go, if you're the teacher, you will go help them and um, check their books out. But they don't have the time when, you know, most, like you said, most of the time, teachers go drop them off over there for yeah. a little bit yeah. or stay with them. Sometimes the librarian would actually have little lessons or teach them how and to you were a teacher. Them. You saw this. I mean, yeah, I saw that as a teacher. Um, I mean, I, w- I mostly taught at junior high level and a little high school, but the librarians were super important with technology. Um, so they did so much more than books, right? And so they would give devices. Yeah, there's an image there of a device. They would check that devices out. They would help teachers learn how yeah. to use them and stuff, especially during covid there's just so much that librarians do. So without librarians, libraries are not libraries, right? Um, Then I find out, you know, part of the cuts as well is, and the reason the cuts are happening, the reason the cuts are happening is because Jaime Aguino is saying, okay, we have this pot of money for every school and the principal is going to decide how to use that money. That's right. And the only requirements he gave were one nurse and one principal. That's it. So the individual schools are are making these decisions. Yes. So the principal's making it. Now they do. They're supposed to have a committee. It really does vary between schools, between mm-hmm. campuses, how much that committee is involved or not involved, how communication is had. Right. Um, so we've heard about stuff like that. But basically, he's telling the principals, you make this decision and you make the hard choices and then you deal with the with the fallout. And what our editorial boards said on that is that Hyman needs to make those decisions and that every school should have a librarian, um, you know, in their school. So yeah. not just a library. Um, and just to find a way to make that happen. And yes, we understand, you know, budgets are, they are underfunded. Um, and we write about that often. Everybody does. Um, the other part of this is that um, they have engagement specialists, parent engagement mm-hmm. specialists, um, and those were cut as well. And so by some of the principals, right? So it was like, 28 at each school and 28 overall for each one. So social um, engagement specialists and then the librarians. And so those were cut. So it just kind of depends when they showed up at school recently, you know, to start the new school year. Are those people there or not? 
Um, and so it's being felt at schools. It's a hard, um, it's a hard problem to have. Part of it is he's, he said it was a precursor to the downsizing that's happening or the, the planning that's happening for the downsizing. Um, but what like the, the local teacher alliance is saying for San Antonio ISD is, well, you haven't even started this yet. You're just starting the planning and yet you're already cutting. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I asked him, I said, well, once, once this is done and you close some of the schools, you consolidate some of them. Does that mean that every school will then have a librarian and he and a, you know an engagement specialist? And he said, no, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that Jaime, you know, he wants the most and the best for the campuses. Um, but I just think that they need to work on how to better balance the decision making yeah. with what's there and just put better guardrails up so that it is more equitable for students. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to to Bonham and I'm going to Hawthorne and you have a library and I don't, mm-hmm. yeah. the parent, you know, a lot of parents just say, I'm going to get them out. I'm going to take them to a charter school. So it's, it's a tough. It's Our a choices. Tough but I mean, Carrie, when you think about, you know, librarians and what they mean and, the, and, and libraries and schools. I mean, I, you know, I understand, of course, the the two where you, you keeps control, you know, the principal and, and, and a nurse. Mm-hmm. But the, a librarian should be the third one. It yeah, just seems that's right. that that I should be that. that should he be his his decision, and yeah. to me, it's kind of a cop out not to mm-hmm. take responsibility for that and put it up on the principals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Well, um, we're going to wrap things up there. I want to thank everybody for for listening. Hope everyone's doing well, and um, we'll be back soon. Take care. Bye.